another episode of The Practice Odyssey. I'm Jen. And I'm Alex. And uh, together we have embarked upon the challenge of that omnibus, a piccolo practice book, Trevor Y by Trevor Y and Patricia Morris. So for those who are just joining us for the first time this week, welcome. And also what we basically do is a little bit sadistic, but we inflict upon ourselves to try (laughs) and work through one flute technique book uh, every fortnight and kind of just give it a whirl, see how it goes. But this season we thought we'd do something different and we are focusing on auxiliary instruments. So this isn't the concert flute, which is the one you regularly uh, see performed, um, but the other flutes, the um, maybe the piccolo, which is the tiny, tiny one, very high, very sad for your neighbours if you play it, um, or the alto flute, which is a little bit more loved by your neighbours, probably because they can't hear it. Yes, anyway, so that's this season. This, this fortnight was a, was a beast. Practice, uh, the Piccolo Practice Book by Trevor Wyatt and Patricia Morris, two very big names in the flute world. Um, Alex, I think you looked up a little bit about the people who wrote it and also the book itself. Uh, I did. What did you discover? So um, I, I read up on uh, Trevor Wyatt and Patricia Morris. Uh, so we'll start with Trevor Wyatt, the English flautist. For those keeping track, this one, he mm. spells his name with F-L-A-U, not F-L-U. Mm-hmm. Uh, he began playing the flute at the age of 15, and contrary to what might be expected of a famous flautist, Y did not mm-hmm. attend a college of music, nor a conservatory, nor a university. But really? he did study with Marcel Moise, which kind of okay, well, makes up for that. Well, that's like a <laughs> uh, university in itself. Exactly. And <laughs> Y credits him as the major influence on his playing, teaching, and his writing career. And you can definitely see mm. that reflected in his books mm. because there are, there are exercises. And as we know from, or as any previous listeners know, Moise also wrote, Marcel Moise wrote a lot for the flute as well in mm, terms yeah. of exercises and methods. Um, yes. He also studied with the uh, flautist Jeffrey Gilbert, and mm-hmm. he was influenced. He uh, also states that he was influenced by British singer Alfred Deller and flautist mm-hmm. William Bennett, um, another very famous British flute player. Why was a freelance orchestral and chamber player in London for many years and has several solo recordings. He served as a professor at the Guildhall School of Music London for 14 years and the Royal Northern in Manchester for 22. And mm-hmm. um, even though he didn't attend college himself, he was awarded an honorary degree in 1990 from the Northern uh, College of Music in Manchester. So he did get a degree, even though he did not have to study. Trevor Y is probably best known for all of his published works, um, including the six-volumed practice books for the flute, which concentrate on tone, technique, articulation, intonation, vibrato, breathing and scales, and advanced practice, maybe referenced later in this podcast. He has also published a series titled A Beginner's Book for the Flute, A Piccolo Practice Book, Hey, and several arrangements <laughs> for flute and piano. Um, and he also has a biography of Marcel Moyse that he has published in several languages and has an ongoing collaborative project of Encyclopedia of the Flute. So it's mm. a little bit about Mr. Y. Now, mm. Patricia Morris, um, 
Or I'd say Mr. Uh, Trevor Y is more known for his general flute repertoire and mm. flute knowledge. Patricia Morris is very much a piccoloist, um, which is great because yeah. they collaborated together on this book. So she studied the flute on an open scholarship with Jeffrey Gilbert at the Royal Manchester College of Music. Um, and she has mm. since specialized on the piccolo in the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra. And then the BBC uh-huh. Symphony Orchestra. She's given a number of solo recitals and master classes and has freelanced with major London orchestras. Uh, she currently teaches at the Royal Academy of Music, where she gives piccolo lessons and orchestral study classes. Mm-hmm. And outside of this practice book for the piccolo, she has also written a piccolo study book, which for my American mm-hmm. friends, maybe might be kind of that might be kind of confusing because study also means like, oh yeah, I'm studying for an exam. So like maybe there's a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, but they mean in this, inf- in this instance, a piccolo study book, as in it goes over etudes and studies therein. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So that's quick, sort of quick summary of our two uh, writers of this method. So mm-hmm. the breakdown of this book. First, mm, maybe I can get luck. a nice little sound effect in here for pose. <laughs> <laughs> so here. Bom, bom. Oh, that yeah. One? Almost. Wait for it. That's the sound <clears throat> of the book hitting my desk. <laughs> 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 it is a hefty 211 pages of piccolo wonderfulness. Uh, yes. It is, uh, of course, separated into sections, eight of them in total. The first section mm. is tone and intonation, followed by articulation. Then mm-hmm. uh, we have a section on high register. He titles it Tunes at the Top, and I just love that. Uh, special fingerings comes after that, grace notes and well-known tunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that he has a section called harmonic fingerings and Chike 4. For the non-classical musicians, Chaik is short for Tchaikovsky. So Chaik mm-hmm. 4 gets its own section. And followed, yep. uh, the last section is a nice little coda full of like a workout routine, auditions, rep list, purchasing instructions, and going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was the book, and that's what we've done for the past two weeks. So without further ado, Jen, how was your week one? Yeah, my week one. Okay, yes, like you, the sound of the book hitting my desk reverberated throughout the building due to its heft and size. Um, It's intimidating just straight off the bat. And then you go through, um, you just have like a bit of a a glance through for the overview. Um, Just the table of contents in itself is terrifying. Mm -hmm. It seems to be very, very methodical and many sections and each section has its purpose, which now that you say that he like uh, why learned with um, Moyes, that makes a lot more sense that he would write and structure the book this way because um, Moyes was also very into detail and um, creating lots and lots of exercises uh, in a very methodical way. He was a pretty brilliant at that actually so I can see how that's uh, influence has come through into the way Y has structured this um okay so I open up this enormous book and I'm looking at the contents and I read the first page and um there's some differences immediately to the one which we've done before it um <laughs> it says it's predominantly a orchestral instrument very different to our friend Mr. Bomadi. Our dear friend, 
<laughs> Mr. Beaumontier, who was very strong in his opinions that it was a solo instrument in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, so already we have a very big difference in how we're tackling the piccolo in this book. So all of the music in it's purely orchestral excerpts. Um, and it says, if you're an experienced in playing on the piccolo, start at the beginning and work your way through the book. So I thought, okay, here we go. Page one. Fantastic. I have played piccolo before, so, but I was trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who's just picked up the piccolo and is over this book. Um, mm. Okay, section A. Uh, it's got a very nice exercise in the middle register. Um, if you listen to our previous podcast about the piccolo, the middle register is um, one which I find quite nasty on the piccolo. It doesn't really speak very clearly on my piccolo and it's quite muffled. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to get your embouchure just right to really get it to ring and sound sweet like the rest of it. Um, so this was good. Um, it helped set my embouchure. And then the exercises were nice where we kind of moved um, through intervals from the same note, um, getting wider and wider and wider. So testing the embouchure and getting it nice. So I enjoyed that. And then all of a sudden, bang, we're right into orchestral excerpts right off the bat (laughs) right off the bat the first ones are the first two are okay okay we've got a bit of the enigma variations by elgar it's not too fast a little bit of thirds going up in a scale quite nice okay okay as a beginner piccolo player this is great the second one mother goose sweet this is the most frequent excerpt i have played (laughs) on all of the orchestral auditions I have ever done, is deceptively difficult. So I was a bit surprised that it was number two, but that's okay. Then we got straight into Tchaikovsky, was number three, and it went at 168 beats per minute. And a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm sorry. This is, I've just picked up the piccolo and I'm expected to play like a virtuosic Tchaikovsky fourth movement finale. <laughs> Anyway. Um, yes, listeners, I'll put a link into a YouTube video or something so you can listen to how fast this goes. <laughs> and it's and it's really hard because it's like all uh, offbeat and it's middle register, so you have to get it to speak clearly really fast with not much gap. It's mm-hmm. really, it's a nasty excerpt. Anyway, um, we continue on with some more, but I, I won't get, anyway. Basically, Alex, I got bogged down pretty much from page three trying to like getting these excerpts <laughs> and oh I wasn't sure was like how much do we learn how to play them like are we l- perfecting them up to the point of where we would for an audition or is it kind of to get the gist and the general feel and not aim for like as perfect as we can get it before moving on to the next one anyway so this is where I got stuck because I tried to play them as best as I could within a week but progress was slow to get it to 176 and get all of the details right. Um, anyway, so eventually we kind of crawled through, also got stuck on the third movement of Stravinsky with that was a little noodle there. And, um, and then, of course, finished off with Scheherazade by Rimsky-Korsakov. Again, that uh, beautiful 
one million miles per hour. Anyway, uh, I know I yes, had to say we... I was very surprised they were in the section titled "Tone and Instant." Sorry, tone and intonation. Like here, uh, focus really on the purity of the sound in the middle register. Make sure that the going between octaves is very clear and crisp. Okay, great. Mm. You've got this at quarter note mm. equals sixty six. Mm. Now let's just go quarter note equals one sixty eight, which is one sixty billion. <laughs> Um, but I think really my first week, Alex, was I think one of shock is good. But I think I would have liked some more of those instructions about like what you really wanted to get from this excerpt. What was the tricky thing about this excerpt? What were you aiming for with this excerpt? And when you managed to do what they mentioned in that excerpt, that was really the big challenge and point of including it. So now you could move on to the next bit. Um, that was, that was I think, what I struggled with the most in week one was just mm. the sheer shock of the technical <laughs> difficulties, especially when the first page says, if you're beginning on the piccolo. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing the piccolo for a couple of years and <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> anyway, not that I'm a very industrious piccolo player, but, um, yeah, oh. no, uh, that was my first... Yes, that was my week one, Alex, was shock and awe. <laughs> shock and awe. I was like, whoa, these guys are hard taskmasters. All right, let's knuckle down. I'm so glad <laughs> anyway, you... uh, anyway, Alex, how was yours? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you, like, spent so much time with the excerpts because I, I, I went a completely different route, which I'm, I'm glad Fantastic. that we could compare. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I just... Okay, so I looked at his section and I was like, poor... <laughs> eight sections, two weeks, trying not to get flashbacks of, you know, my favorite TNG, <laughs> Taffanel and Gobea. <laughs> so, and I was like, you know what? Don't have a lot of time. This covers a lot of area. What can I do? So and he says in his table of contents, um, okay, on page 17, he has daily practice techniques. So I was like, okay, skip mm. over everything. <laughs> <laughs> all of what you had to go through <laughs> I went to page 17 and he says okay like so practice the first six exercises as a warm up then turn to practice book one tone mm. which uh, mm. is not this book that is referencing his other book his flute omnibus and then gives you a few exercises in there to do and then he says like it would also then he says you know like do some baroque sonatas which is a common theme with this piccolo playing it's often referenced in these books i've noticed that also mm -hmm. in the first piccolo method that we did bomadia he also recommended mm -hmm. baroque exercises um yeah and then he says like it would also be good to like look at how to buy a piccolo which i was like mm, okay let's compare like what do what, what are everyone's advices for piccolo purchasing yeah um but yeah but the problem with this is what i found was that it's not super clear where exercises are in this book they're very much interspersed kind of similar mm. to what mr bomadier did um so I had to like take little markers and color each one. Mm. Can I've because yeah. he says like exercises one, two, six, and I was able to find those. And then mm -hmm. later he references seven to ten, but I could only find seven. So I'm not sure where eight, nine, and ten are. Maybe I just didn't get further far enough in the book. But initially I was already a slightly annoyed because it's like oh okay well here's this book and it is a very hefty book like we said there's a lot of Im like information mm. in there mm. but mm. like 
there's also just a lot of excerpts in here. So if you want to use this book as a practice book, you need his omnibus because that's where a yeah. lot of the exercises are. So, so yeah, so that was, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Of course, lots of other authors mm. do this um, mm. as well, referencing. Mm. And it probably saved, yeah. you know, if you already have the omnibus, why waste more trees and print it in this book? Mm. So what I did is I, so for week one, I spent, <laughs> also can I say, I really liked his uh, reference of the demented banshee (laughs) the analogy a nice little easter egg for readers once you get there in the book um and yes like you said jen how he is definitely not in the camp of mr boimadier he was definitely like the so mr boimadier used like the piccolo is an instrument in its own right it's basically the violin but a piccolo and he is definitely like the flute is a piccolo is an auxiliary instrument and uh, you should warm up before getting to it. So for this week, mm. I did not do what I did for the first week with Mr. Boimadier's mm. book where I just played piccolo. I did do it where I first warmed up and got to the high register of the flute and then I switched to piccolo, which mm. um, was fun. But again, it's not super clear cut how to do that in this book. He's not like, okay, go start on um, like pay exercises one to three in my mm-hmm. omnibus that'll get you up to a nice mm-hmm. high register and then switch over to exercise one in my piccolo book which i think yeah. for for us is no problem we can figure out a warm-up on our own but for beginners they might be a little confused as to you know okay where yeah. does that go yeah he also starts the warm-up in the low register which was different than mr beaumadier as well so oh, like, like he started his yeah, like he starts his kind of with the lows and to the mid, like but like his book starts with like lo- middle register tone and information, yeah, but it's yeah, all yeah, very yeah, kind yeah. of low. Whereas, oh, yeah. sorry, I keep referencing the other one, but that was the other piccolo method that we we've done on this season mm-hmm. of, in this season mm-hmm. of the podcast. But we spend I spent I remember spending a lot of time in the upper register at the very beginning of my practice, like switching between the middle and upper register. Whereas I felt like this yeah. one was more middle to lower register, yeah. which was better for my neighbors probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed that my my slight um, hesitation towards the upper register was creeping back into my practice. So whereas I think before mm. it was just kicked out immediately, like okay, well we're doing this, it's going to be high. Oh, okay. And then the bit about buying a piccolo, I, uh, that was really interesting. I like that so many people have that section in their books for these auxiliary instruments, but I liked mm-hmm. how his, what he said isn't dated as quickly. Cause I feel like, I feel as though when you write that in a book, I mean, what good information now, like if you reference a certain type of flute or piccolo the technology might be updating and everything rather Mm, quickly and mm, it could be mm. out of date right very quickly like for example nobody goes to Tafanel and Gobert to look at their flute purchasing information (laughs) because it was the 1800s at or sorry the 1800s and it's no longer really applicable but um but what he says what Trevor or Patricia say in this book is that it's um uh, they say that before buying it, always talk to an expert, which I think is good. I don't think I've seen that often in print. It's like, okay, before you buy something, talk to someone who's an expert in the field because then mm. your information will never be outdated. And then he yeah. also gives good pointers for how to get the best out of the piccolo buying experience, which includes mm. warming up at home on your flute before going in, which makes total sense. And I think maybe a lot yeah. of people forget that step when buying an instrument, like make sure you're all warmed up and then go in and then you're already kind of in the flute 
playing mode. And then if you're nervous yeah. being around so many other people you don't know and being yeah. handed twenty and thirty thousand dollar instruments mm. one after another, you know, yeah. you can try and focus more on the music instead of <laughs> just the all the nerves and anxiety or anything that comes with trying out different instruments for the first time. So, yeah. so I really liked that as well. So I would say my first week, I read a little bit about that. I focused on one of his ex. I only focused on one excerpt because I, I saw he had so many and I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to get to all of these in two weeks. I'll try and focus on a few. And I love that he had Mother Goose in there because, as you said, that is on almost every, I think that is on every mm-hmm. list that I've done mm-hmm. for Piccolo. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love his like, first three pages and there's already a Firebird excerpt, which is like one of... <laughs> One of the harder the ones. Hottest. <laughs> but yes, and the and Shahrazad as well, like not holding mm. back at all. Um, at all. No. Yeah. Uh so I focused on the Beethoven Symphony number no. five, fourth movement one in the mm-hmm. first section, which was kind of fun because I haven't played that one as much as I would have thought. Mm. But anyways, that's mm. what I focused on. Was not too nice. crazy. Some sixteenth notes, but I liked how it moved between the two registers a little bit. And mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, so yeah, that was my first week. I kind of just spent a lot. I spent some time in the Piccolo book, but I would have to say a lot of my practice time was spent in the Y Omnibus, and then I would come back for the excerpts in this book. So, <laughs> which was only one. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was my week one. So I think that wow. leads us, Jen, to your week two. Week. My week two. Your week two. Okay, my week two. <coughs> uh, basically, I, I guess I must have like been getting the the vibes from all the way from Germany uh, because <laughs> week two, week two, I threw out the method of week one. I was like, okay. I am not going to get anywhere. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I decided to approach it in more of a uh, a study book for. Um, Accepts mm-hmm. and take it in that respect, um, because one thing I really love about this um, book is they he gives you all of the metronome markings most commonly used in orchestras today. He does, uh, which is which is great because I mean often I I mean you know sometimes when you're first listening to a piece you don't realize that the orchestra has decided to go a very adventurous artistic route and play at twice the speed of which <laughs> it's normally played. And then you sit there going, holy cow, how will I play this at a billion miles per hour? Or on the flip side, maybe they decide to do an extremely sleepy version of Debussy's Le Premier d'un Pont. Um, <laughs> so much player. so that he's practically in a coma. Like it's so slow and your breathing just dies. But so I liked how... Um, yeah, I really liked how they've got this standard kind of metronome marking. So um, so basically I went back to the beginning, to the contents page, and I looked at the uh, sections and I decided, mm-hmm. you know what, today I'm going to focus on playing very high, very softly. Ooh. And so I went to that section and then I, he has some exercises about how to practice that. And so I practiced that for a, little, a while. And then I would go into one of the excerpts, which uses that technique a lot in it. What I did is I would pick a different section every day. So one day I would do the playing um, very high, very softly. And then the next day I would be playing high, very loudly. And then the next one would be articulation. And so I would pick an excerpt, which kind of tackled those areas and I would focus on it in that way. Yeah, the ones I really enjoyed was um, some of his experiments 
uh, or, or the experiments. Who knows who's done these experiments? It could be Y, could be Morris. But um, with the idea of um, with mm-hmm. your lips closed, blow with enough airspeed to part the lips so and then no harder than the absolute minimum. I really enjoyed that, like taking taking the notes to the extreme so that you know exactly how little air you need and how relaxed your embouchure can be before the sound is produced. And then that really, uh, I, I noticed a big difference in my playing, that it, that all of a sudden my pianissimos up high could become a lot quieter than they had. I mean, I've got a long way to go, but a big kind of improvement in that area quite fast. But it was, mm-hmm. so I'm quite excited about working on that a little bit more. And then the loud playing up high. But the one which really got me was the articulation one like okay now you're going to play this piece so it's um <laughs> it's Shostakovich oh, fourth movement basically it's 20 bars of high A's <gasps> I've played that before it's the worst mm. I just took it down and and this is the one <laughs> sentence above it this is to check your stamina yes it does so much stamina required, and uh, and it's like a quaver at one or sorry at eighth note at one one eighty four beats per minute. So it just goes on and on and on. Da 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 da. Not quite that fast, but almost. And it just goes on for twenty bars. Where do you breathe? Your articulation dies. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that was very good. So that was that was also my little project. Was will this get any better over the week? And, and, and? Moderate success. I think I might need a few more weeks to get a bit better. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I was like, cool, blimey. Also, I felt a bit sorry for my neighbours. So you played this yeah. one? I did, with a, a wind symphony version of it, which you know there's already, like, tons of winds in there. Yeah, and I was on piccolo, yeah. and I thought it was a typo. I was like, no. Because I was young and naive. No, like, 18, 19. No, no. So... Very shameless me, I just took it down the octave, which is still pretty high, and you could still hear it on the still, recording. Yeah, it, would, but, it uh, would cut across, yeah. Yes, but now I'm now that you say that, I realize that 18-year-old me was very misinformed, and it is indeed <laughs> the octave. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome for the, what for taking you down that horrible memory lane. Yes, and knowing You're that welcome. I've been doing it wrong for the last 10 years. <laughs> Alex, how Yo. was your week too? <laughs> okay, so it's, so my week one was pretty leisurely. I just spent a lot of time in the omnibus, well, because I'm one extra. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took it in. So I decided for week two, I should make it a little trickier. So I went mm. to section H and I looked mm. at his a workout routine because he's got in the oh. table of contents, he's got daily practice and he's got a workout routine. And so I was like, okay. I like my workout challenges. Uh, let's see what that is. So then I... I never got I, that far. How intriguing. Oh, I yes. It's only two this. sentences. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm not so intrigued. Okay. No, I'm, I am intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's still intriguing. But um, uh, he just says, basically, after like all of this practice, it's a good idea to use these extracts um, from Shasti 4 as a workout to check up on your progress. Um, so basically he said, that sounds right. <laughs> it is basically like the equivalent of like, okay, burpees are really good for you. So as a workout regime, you should just do 
like insane burpees for 30 minutes to two hours a day and then you'll be in super fit shape which is often the case yes if you do burpees for 20 minutes you're going to be in great shape but like is it possible so yeah so he took um all the hard bits of Shostakovich 4 and just piled them one on top of the other and I'm looking at it right now. Which How includes a high C, guys. It includes a high C oh. on the piccolo. Held at a long, like... <laughs> for way too long. For your popularity in any city. <laughs> yes, that was the workout regime. So week two was very what? scary. I was like, what have oh I decided? <laughs> what have you done? I mean, however, he is absolutely correct. You cover all aspects of piccolo playing, starting with, you know, the first movement. You have some nice, like, upper to mid-register practice with articulation Mm -hmm. and dynamics. Mm -hmm. And then you've got some Mm -hmm. nice top-register finger exercises, which Mm -hmm. is always fun, up to high A. Mm -hmm. And then you've got some more articulation Mm -hmm. again, followed by some more top-register, and then finishes it off with, like, a nice flute, uh, a nice piccolo duet. Uh, but mm-hmm. with soft playing. And then finally at the end, some low register and flutter tonguing. So, I mean, he really does. He's absolutely right. <laughs> it's just like, what are those super extreme workout videos you see in YouTube? <laughs> and to be quite honest, I was only able to accomplish everything maybe once or twice in that week, like where I felt comfortable that it was decently played. Not even decently, like I accomplished <laughs> it to a certain degree. Uh, oh, but it was, um, wow. however, I did re- renew my love for Shostakovich, uh, Fourth Symphony. So I did um, enjoy that. I listened to that a whole bunch this week, too. And, and it was just nice to, I just love Shostakovich. He was such a prolific composer. And I wish he had more, <laughs> I wish we had more music from him. Uh, specifically a flute or a piccolo concerto. That would have been nice because his piano concerti are so lovely. Uh, yeah. So um, I, so yeah, my week two was very much the opposite of week one. Like week one, I was like, oh, this is nice and lovely. And week two was just <laughs> insane Shostakovich um, playing <laughs> as well. Like maybe he says something in the book like, oh, get to the, the workout section is to be used after so many hours of practicing but I mm. just followed what he wrote in the contents, and yes, it was very much like, mm. okay, let's set a timer for 30 minutes and see what I can accomplish in, <laughs> in this amount of time covering all of these things. Um, but yeah, it was, a, and I kind of like that he used the, um, the excerpts to just make a whole warm up. It was like, here's your mm. workout. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> just from Shostakovich <laughs> Symphony Number no. Four. Uh, I think yeah. on that note, we might already be to our verdict. Jen, what's your verdict? Did this book change your My life? Verdict. I, I mean, it is amazing and cool, and I do enjoy it. Um, I think uh, this book is a really amazing resource for someone who's serious about. Um, wanting to play the piccolo in an orchestra. Um, uh, I mean, just, just the information you get and all the excerpts you get given. Um, and then, like, at the end, they give you an audition list of the ones most likely to appear in a piccolo audition. Um, and then just in terms of uh, giving you other ideas for playing, like, they have a whole list of um, chamber music, which includes the piccolo in it, which was awesome. And a lot of the, the music I'd never heard of before. Stuff for solo piccolo and two piccolos and piccolo and piano, like just a whole section. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me this book is going to be my 
best resource for when I have an audition on the Piccolo. I can go to this and I can be like, oh, this excerpt's here, this excerpt's here, um, this is the speed. It's in this section. So this probably means that they're looking for uh, this. Yeah, as you said, because all the warm-ups and all the exercises are kind of interspersed between some very challenging um, orchestral excerpts, I don't... I, I think I would recommend this more to someone who is very serious about getting better at their piccolo playing and um, already knows kind of how to problem solve a lot of things on the flute and therefore the piccolo or are working with a teacher who can guide them. That's my feeling. It's um, You kind of have to hunt for the exercises. You have to know what exercises you're looking for. And, um, and then, of course, as you mentioned, you need Trevor Wise's book to know half of the exercises which you are supposed to practice every day. <laughs> Apart from that, really, really useful. Definitely staying on my stand. Um, and this, I think, is something which I will just keep coming back to. Um, and, I mean, if I could play all of the excerpts in this book, which would be freaking amazing, I would probably be very set at a lot of the very tricky corners of a lot of the orchestra repertoire out there. What's what's your verdict? <laughs> okay, so my verdict. I mean, okay, I think that if you're taking the piccolo seriously, then you should definitely buy this book because it's mm-hmm. a great it's a great source of just general like tempo markings for excerpts for the piccolo, which aren't mm-hmm. commonly found because piccolo is the, the piccolo community is a small community, uh, mm-hmm. and also. A lot of his, um, a lot of their advice is very helpful and oftentimes funny. They have lots of little jokes uh, interspersed throughout the method. Uh, however, <laughs> like I said in the first week, if I would definitely recommend you have this as it felt like very much this book was a an additional method to his omnibus, like practice the omnibus, and then if you're doing piccolo, have this one on the side to help guide your practice. For the piccolo, mm. so it didn't feel like a method mm. in its own right, like Beaumontier's mm. did. Like his was like, "This is what you do if you are going to be a piccolo," and the other, this one felt like, <laughs> "This is what you do if you're a flute player and you have to play the piccolo." I, mm. but I, yeah, like you said, the orchestral excerpts are super, like they go into depth. How um, mm. and I like that at the end he has a whole section just dedicated to which excerpts are on what pages because I was a little mm. worried at first that he wouldn't have that and I was like well then how do you reference this if you have an audition coming up you have do you have to search through the entire book and like guess okay I think this would be in the middle register yeah. of tone exercises <laughs> they have it listed at the back so that's definitely useful check that out if you're prepping for an audition. Mm. Um, mm. And then I would say also, if you're using this book as, you know, orchestral excerpts, definitely check for the errata before playing. So, um, and mm. for people who don't know what errata is, it's just um, misprints in the book. Because I did notice, because I did look at the Delibes Coppelia in Mr. Beaumartier's book, and I looked at it yeah. also in this book, and they each start on different notes. One starts on a G sharp, oh. and one starts on an A sharp, which are definitely not the same note. Um, I referenced it with a bunch of the orchestral excerpts that I've been given, and it does seem as though the one with the A-sharp is more often requested. But I would, yeah, these are all books. They're all very helpful, but definitely check which ones use which Mm. notes for each one just to make sure that you're not practicing it wrong to, you know, ingrain that habit in your brain. Um, Mm. And then... 
Yeah, I would just say that, like, overall, I wasn't super impressed with the user experience. Like, I found it a little mm. harder to find each section, and I would have liked it a little more clear-cut. Like, okay, now, like, here's the exercises page. Now, here's yeah. the excerpts page and then reference why they chose which excerpts which I think would have been kind of fun because you know sometimes like you said with the week one where you had like (laughs) which one was the Shaw students Rimsky Korsko thank you um like it's like what is this doing in a middle register tone exercise area and so a few instructions I think I mean we can kind of infer okay maybe they wanted us to practice it a little slower or just make sure that the intonation when you do have ending notes is is on point but for Mm. someone I could see that really turning somebody off to the piccolo Mm. who's very new to it so Mm. I would I would like a few extra notes in there like I love their notes I just want more notes Mm. but yeah that's my verdict I'm definitely keeping it I'm so glad I have this uh, method and it's amazing so much good knowledge I just I just want more notes and uh (laughs) And a little more separation <laughs> of exercises yes. and excerpts. So I think I think Very that wraps cool. it up. Woohoo! Nice. <laughs> I think that does. Another week, another, another odyssey completed. Exactly. I, I guess that wraps up our episode for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us on another odyssey. Uh, if you have any thoughts about these books, you've tried them yourself, um, and you have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can contact us, practice odyssey at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Um, so yeah, you can find us at all the usual places. Uh, the music from today's episode was composed by the amazing Alessandra Woods, and mm-hmm. our fabulous artwork was by the amazing uh, Ivan Potter Smith. I'm Jen, and I've been joined by Alex. And thank you again for joining us this week. We'll see you in a fortnight for another Odyssey. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye.